You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. We can be curious about how do I position myself and use the best of what I am while the whole world seems to be spinning around me. I'm coming to you from my desk in my basement, looking out at the ivy-covered garden wall with spring emerging. It's not the studios at Arlington Independent Media where I would be were these normal times. But I'm still your host, Lynn Borton, and this is still Choose to be Curious, so welcome. And these are not normal times. This is a show all about curiosity, and so a week or two ago, I wrote a post for my website about how, despite the pandemic and the social distancing and the shutting in and down we're all doing, I hope to bring my own curiosity to whatever this is that is happening around us, and that I intended to keep having conversations about how curiosity shows up in our work and lives, whatever that now looks like. A friend wrote back to me, thank you for sharing your curiosity and life with us. I'm happy to do another interview with you about how we're all programmed to be resilient and brave, how to interact with ourselves when we freak out and tips on how to be during this time. That friend is Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, neuroanatomist, author, and inspirational public speaker. Jill's TED Talk about her own experience of and recovery from a stroke was the first TED Talk to ever go viral. You've probably seen it. She's joined Oprah's Super Soul Sunday and was my third guest ever nearly four years ago in a show I called This Is Your Brain on Curiosity. So welcome back, Jill. Oh, it's great to be here with you. You know, I have to say, I needed to hear that we're programmed to be resilient and brave. So thank you for that. And it reminds me of Clarissa Pinkola Estes' essay, We're Made for These Times. So talk, if you would, about how we're programmed to be resilient and brave right now. Lynn, we have two very different and beautiful hemispheres inside of our head. And the left brain is looking at the details, it's organizing facts, it's watching the news, it moves into uh, gathering of information, and then the emotional system of that left brain compares all the information coming in to every fear we ever had in the past, and it's easy for us to move into high stress, high anxiety, high fear, high despair. Yeah. Um, and that's what's going on in the left brain. It's biologically programmed to save our lives by bringing in that information and comparing it. But we have this magnificent right brain that is right here, right now. And mm. right here, right now, we're fine. Whatever's going on, we are programmed to be able to interact with the present moment experience with an awareness, with an alertness, with all the information we've ever stored inside of ourselves. And we, so we're looking for change. The right brain is resilient to everything that comes in. It's aware and it is brave because right, right here, right now is, is where life is. And we have been brought up in a society that is more skewed towards the past and towards the future. But this coronavirus has brought our attention to right here, right now. 
And paying attention to what's going on inside of your own head, I believe, is key to finding your own deep inner peace. So what are some of the ways then that we can take advantage of how we're built and maybe turn to that right brain as a mitigating force to some of the left brain activity? I think that I think it's really important that we just really stop and pay attention to what is it we are feeling. Uh Um, We are, the way that that we are wired, we are feeling creatures who think. We are emotional creatures who have cognition, not the other way around. So if I'm freaking out, if I'm having anxiety, I cannot calm myself from top down, but I can calm myself by exploring observing what is the circuitry that I'm running, put an actual name on it. Why am I feeling stress? And, and is it stress? Is it, is it anguish? Is it anxiety? Is it, what is it? Just really take total, total evaluation of what's going on inside of me at any moment in time. Become familiar with the different emotions that I'm feeling because emotions are circuitry. Thoughts run on circuitry. Every ability we have, we have because we have brain cells that are performing that function. So my peace, my state of peace is actually about what's going on inside of me. It's not what's going on outside of me. There's a pandemic going on, or it can be absolutely peaceful and beautiful outside, but, and I could feel anxiety. So it's not about what's outside of us. It's about what's going on in the garden of our mind, if Mm. you will, and what is growing and what are the thoughts that I'm thinking that are stimulation, stimulating the emotional circuits that I'm running? What is the physiological response of what I'm thinking and feeling inside of my own body? That's what I think people need to pay attention to, because the better you get to know your own inner terrain, then the more control and power you have over what circuitry you're running at any moment in time. That's so interesting. It reminds me, I had a conversation with Judd Brewer, who does a lot of work on curiosity and the craving mind addiction. And he talked about the posterior cingular cortex of the brain getting really active when we get caught up in something and it deactivates when we meditate and when we're curious. And that yes. we can use curiosity as a sort of opening and just be with what's happening instead of getting tangled up in what's happening. That sounds a lot like what you're talking about. Exactly. I actually, um, you had an uh, interview with him. I did. On, I did. Yeah, I heard that. I, I listened to that one. I thought it was excellent. In fact, I went and read his book as a result of that. Yeah, it's a good book. Yeah, it's it's excellent. Um, you know, we we are a bunch of cells inside of our head, and you know, most of us just have that perception of, well, I'm a human, I'm an individual, I'm 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 a you know I'm this thing. Well, actually, I'm a collection of cells. And when we look to the cells and which groups of cells are performing which functions then we can actually purposely, intentionally change the construct of the cellular network based on what we're thinking and what we're feeling. So curiosity requires us to get out of the structure of just the facts and just the details uh, and to actually explore new possibility. And that is what's going on in the circuitry of the right brain, because the right brain is not making the judgment that this is right or this is wrong or this is good or this is bad. That's what the left brain is doing. 
the right brain is saying, here is here are the possibilities. Here is the situation. How do I move forward to an, uh, to fulfill an intention based on where I am right here, right now? And with curiosity, it that brings us. Well, I'm curious about what other people are feeling. I'm curious about what other people are doing. I'm curious about how are people at different stages of this entire shutdown of an external world that now is completely foreign to us. And we have all this, all these possibilities going on inside of our head. How do we purposefully choose to not feel our anxiety and instead to stimulate our curiosity? Well, it's kind of a, how might I question, right? Yeah. 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 So I know you've talked about something you call 90 seconds to safe. Yes. Talk about that. Explain that to folks. So when you look at, at the brain, the brain is made up of cells. And at any moment in time, we only have three things going on between those cells. We think thoughts, we feel emotions, and we run a physiological response to what we are thinking and what we are feeling. So for example, uh, right now, I could be um, thinking thoughts that make me scared, mm-hmm. and that those thoughts then stimulate my emotional system of anxiety. And the anxiety circuit is run, and I feel anxious in my body because my stress alarm, alarm, alert, alert circuitry gets stimulated, and it dumps chemicals into my bloodstream. They flush through my body, and they flush out of me in less than 90 seconds. So from the moment I think a thought, it stimulates the emotional circuit, then it stimulates a physiological response throughout my body, takes less than 90 seconds. So I'm calling this 90 seconds to safe, S-A-F-E. And so the S is stop, stop in this moment and take take an awareness, A, awareness of what is going on all around me. So stop all, just get out of the crazy, just pause, just hit the pause button. uh, And then become aware of the immediate environment. Because when you bring your mind to right here, right now, our fear is generally connected to thoughts from the past or thoughts to the future. But right here, I'm okay. So become aware of the present moment, feel the feelings that you're feeling. It's a circuit. It's circuitry inside of your body. What does it feel like? Pay attention to it. Be aware of it. And then exhale that out into the world because it takes less than 90 seconds for us to be able to do that circuit. Now, of course, we can stay angry or sad or anxious for longer than 90 seconds, but it's because we are essentially rebooting the ride. Uh, so you're, you're then rethinking the thought that is re-stimulating the yeah. circuit. So we have this opportunity to kind of break that cycle is what you're saying. We, yeah, right. We have every, every opportunity. And the thing is, Lynn, we do it regularly on a regular yeah, basis. Right, right. So, so, so let's say, for example, you and I are, are, uh, we're, we're spatting at one another and you're, rah, 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 <laughs> and you're, rah, 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 and then the phone rings. And I pick up the phone and I say, hello, right? In that moment, I consciously chose that it was a more appropriate response for me to stop spatting with you. You disrupted the cycle, yeah. I I broke the cycle. Now, 
I do the work. I do my work in the moment that I put that phone back down. Because as soon as I put that phone back down, I look over at you again, and you're looking back over at me, and I'm thinking, I could pick this up right where we left off. Or I can just take a pause and say, whew, boy, that was a circuit I don't want to run again right now. Uh, I want to, I want to feel more peace. And so let's take a break and let's come back together and, and then let's, let's, you know, rebuild our, our relationship. So people do it all the time. People, you know, we have two emotional systems inside of our brain, one in each hemisphere. We have two cognitive minds, one in each hemisphere, and they are doing completely different things. So at any moment in time, we have, we have different characters inside of ourselves, essentially, and we get to pick and choose which one we want to be at any moment in time. See, what I like about this is the premise of this show is that we can make a choice to be curious, whether we feel it or not. You sort of make a choice to go there anyway. And you're saying we can make a choice to be brave. Oh. We can make a choice to be resilient. We can make a choice to disrupt a toxic cycle, but yes. an easier choice for some people than others, maybe. I I think that I think that it's like a muscle that gets trained, and I think a lot of people just simply do not realize what their choices are. Mm. And if I know that in this moment I can look at it this way, and I want to look at it that way because that feels right to me because it gets the furrow in my brow and I can growl and I can blame and I can, I can be mean and I can, I can be mighty and, and I can make you wrong. I mean, that's delicious, right? It's delicious circuitry for us to be running. And a lot of us are just all caught up in running that circuitry. Some of us are not caught up in that circuitry. Instead, we're caught more in our left thinking brain and we're just more analytical and more, uh, fact oriented and not particularly passionate about anything because it's really about looking at at the humdrum of of all of it and organizing it and seeing the method and looking for patterns and all of that. So so we have those two ways of being in our left brain, but in our right brain, our right brain's right here, right now, and right yeah. here, right now is a perfect moment. Whatever it is, what you know, if a lion jumps into the room right here, right now. I will figure out what to do about the lion. <laughs> but if I think about, oh my God, a lion is going to jump in my door, then I have fear because I don't know what it's going to do. It's the expected but unexpected. I'm not curious about it. I'm wrapping fear around it. Or if I'm remembering, then, okay, I heard this story about this guy and a lion jumped in his, his house and, and he got eaten by, the, by it then I I'm get all tangled up. Yeah, exactly. And that's circuitry. Those we actually do have a whole lot more choice about what's going on inside of us than most of us want to take credit for or responsibility for. So, so a lion has kind of jumped into our living room, right? Yes, it I has. mean, odds are that some of us are going to get sick. So how do we yes. manage our stress around that? Okay, well, well, but 80% of us are going to get sick, but we're going to have virtually no, no response. Okay, that's pretty good. Eight out of 10 of us. Now, another 10% of us are going to have flu-like symptoms. Well, most of us have had the flu and, you know, we made it through that and we were okay. So there's another 10% of us, though, who can move into critical or severe. 
And then they're saying that, you know, no, it doesn't seem to me that anybody's really agreeing on what the overall death rate is of yeah, this, I don't this think virus. Anybody knows. I don't think anybody knows, but the, you know, the majority of us, probably nine out of 10 of us are going to be just fine. So then the question is, okay, do I live in fear of getting this virus? And the big unknown here, again, is more than likely I'm going to be okay, but I don't want to get this virus when everybody else is getting the virus because we, they're, they, we're overloading the medical system. Right. All right. So the fear really at this point, I don't think, is getting the virus. I think it is getting the virus with the unknown of knowing how sick am I going to get. And I'm going to be part of the you know, 80% that are fine, the 10% right. that are going to have flu-like symptoms, or the 10% who are going to be actually walking down an aisle of a known that can be terrifying because we exist in a society that does not embrace that we are living creatures and that we live and our natural transition is to die. Yeah. And that's where the fear comes in. So one of the things you wrote about when we were corresponding was that, that for some of us who do get ill and can't get a deep breath, that we might prepare ourselves to not stress out, not freak out and worsen those moments. So this is a kind of self-care, yes. right? Kind of advance planning for ourselves. Yes. And we can use that call on that brave, resilient self. What do you, what do you have in mind there? Because that's scary. Well, I think that it's it's really important that um, we do prepare. I mean, I'm a whole brain person, so I look at all the data and all the statistics. I watch the uh, world beater for the coronavirus twice a day. I do it in the morning and I do it in the evening just to get a sense of what is happening, uh, what are the patterns of what's going on. If you look at the statistics of Germany, and we have to assume that people are reporting in somewhat accurately. And if you look at the statistics for Germany, Germany was one of the few countries that did um, testing early. And, and they were doing drive-through testing. And for some reason, their, their death rate in relationship to other countries is extremely low. And so then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, what's the difference? Because the numbers are corresponding for the number of people who are getting the virus. So that's not different, but the death rate is lower. Mm -hmm. So what could possibly be happening between different populations of people? And if I knew that I had the virus and I actually went home and I, I hydrated myself and I took care of myself with rest, and I kept my stress response lower, then I would probably have a different outcome than what's going to happen if I move into my total panic and anxiety. Yeah. So I carry this out. If you look at what's actually going on at a physiological level, it's really boiling down to uh, the, the little pockets of, of cells in the lungs and the ability for those cells to exchange oxygen from the air to the bloodstream. And so it's really boiling down to respiration and the ability to breathe. And mm. so if we become 
infected, we get the the virus, and we it, it starts um, giving us shortness of breath. That's a great moment to panic, don't you think? That is scary, and I think that. As that happens, becoming aware and becoming quiet and becoming in relationship with your body. If you're a person who meditates, then you know how to move into an awareness and to work with the fluidity of your body, to gently breathe in and breathe out, to visualize um, having light come in. Uh, so at this point, some extreme left brains might be going, oh my God, here she goes. She's being woo-woo. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is we have two hemispheres. And if we're functioning in a world that is strictly left brain based, we're actually missing the beauty and the magic of what it means to have a right hemisphere. And we're denying half of what we are. And one of the beautiful opportunities that we are being exposed to now because of the virus is an opportunity to accept the fact that I do have two hemispheres and I do yeah. have two ways of looking at things in the world. And if I allow myself to not be rigid, but I actually allow myself to be essentially enveloped in a golden glow of light that I can flush through my body... The body is a biological entity that wants to be flushed out. It's, it's, it's part of the system. It's the way that it works. Uh, we can do meditation. We can do visualization and imagery. We can actually practice moving in. It's Again, it's like, like exercising the muscle of being curious. I can be curious about what does it feel like to not be able to get deep breath. I can actually witness that moment in time when I have a choice. And in this moment, I could panic and run all that stress circuitry, which is absolutely going to make my biological systems worse and become more desperate. Or I can actually more or less succumb and surrender, which loosens and lightens up that circuitry so that it can work its magic as best as it can. But Lynn, in the big picture of this, there is a percentage of us who will pass as a result of having this. And I think at that point, we have to look inside and say, what are my personal beliefs about being a living creature that one day will die? Yeah. And there we're actually programmed for that too. It yeah. is a natural process. And we can resist that and go fighting and screaming, or we can actually, again, allow this biology, the, the circuitry of what we are and that right hemisphere that recognizes that this is a normal pace toward, a, you know, the a Ram Das. We're all walking each other home. And it doesn't have to be a kicking and screaming. It can actually be faced with curiosity. We are resilient creatures, and we don't know what it is like to step through that door of death. And if we think that on whatever that is, as I come to my last breath, as I am released from this body, if you have ever been holding the hand or in the presence of someone who passes, there is an exquisite peacefulness that comes over the space. And I have to, I have to personally believe that 
I, when I walk through that door, I'm walking out of the pain of this body and the pain of information processing. And yes, I am then released from everything that is human. And I b return back to the ball of energy that I believe I come from. You know, Jill, you, you close every one of your emails. I guess it's your signature tagline. Please take responsibility for the energy you bring into this space. And one, I want to thank you for the energy brought into this space, but particularly I want to thank you for closing there with this idea of us as balls of energy. And that form may change, but we're always responsible for the form we give it. Our power as human beings is to focus our mind on what is right here, right now. That's where our power is. And we are resilient in how we respond in the present moment. And when we bring curiosity to the present moment, we become aware of possibilities. And that's what we are as humanity. So, so this is our opportunity to freak out. Okay, go freak out. 90 seconds from the beginning of that to the end of that. Breathe that out. Bring your mind back to the present moment and say, how do I bring the best self of me into the present moment? How do I sit witness to yours and help calm your energy ball? And then how do we build from where we are in this moment, whatever the moment is? Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Jill, for this and for everything in this moment and being with me and our audience. Well, I'm, I'm grateful for you. I've always been grateful for you. Uh, so thank you for, for letting me be with you today and with your audience today. Uh, and everybody, 90 seconds from the moment you think the thought into the stimulation of the fear or anxiety till it flushes in and flushes out of you. 90 seconds physiologically, the party's over. You can get on a different ride. You've been listening to WERA 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up with this or any of the other great shows here on Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand at WERA.FM. You can hear all my previous shows, including the fun one with Jill on our wild and wonderful Curious Brains, on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and Facebook, all at Choose to be Curious, and on my website at ChooseToBeCurious.com. I hope you'll follow me there and on Twitter at choose number two, letter B, curious. And if you've liked what you've been hearing, please consider making a donation to Arlington Independent Media. Now, more than ever, your tax-deductible support is much needed and much appreciated. You can find us online at wera.fm. Thank you. Many thanks to my guest, the wonderful Dr. Jill. Links to her TED Talk and other fabulous resources on my webpage. Our theme music is by Sean Ballack. And this is Are We Loose Yet? by Body Tonic via Blue Dot Sessions. Stay well, friends. I hope you'll join me again next time. And until then, choose to be curious. Funding for Choose to be Curious is provided in part by Concentric Private Wealth, where changemakers develop clarity for today and confidence for tomorrow by centering on what matters most, which involves more than just money. More information at www.concentricpw.com. Advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, 
a registered investment advisor. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com.